Welcome to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs, a webinar series that packs a ton of important agency information on one topic from one expert into a 25-minute brief. Why 25 minutes? Because who has the attention span for much more these days? And you can squeeze in a listen between meetings with time for a bathroom break or coffee refill before your next meeting. Thanks for tuning in. This is Bite-Sized Agency Briefs, and I'm your host, Steve Guberman. Uh, I run Agency Outsight, where I coach agency owners to build the agency of their dreams. Uh, and today, I'm fortunate enough to be speaking with Leslie Camacho from EOS Worldwide. He is an EOS implementer. Uh, thanks for joining me today. Steve, very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, so first off, EOS. What? And I know there's a there's an audiobook, but what the heck is EOS? And how did you <laughs> yeah. and how did you get into it? And like, what's your story leading up to EOS for you? Yeah, so uh, EOS stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System, and it's based mm-hmm. on the book Traction by Gino Wickman that he wrote, I think, 16 years ago at this point, but was using wow. three or four years prior to that. And the big promise of EOS is we'll give you vision, meaning everyone on the same page with where you're going, how do you, how you get there. Mm-hmm. Traction, meaning no matter where you go in your uh, company, you have a high degree of confidence that everyone is working on the right things with as much autonomy as possible. Uh, and health. So no matter mm-hmm. what your team health starting EOS is, sometimes it's really bad, sometimes it's really good. Your team health's going to go up uh, based on the premise that all be all things being equal, healthy teams win consistently. Uh, so that's EOS in a nutshell. There's a model, 60 components. I, I'll, um, I won't deep dive into that. I, I got started in EOS um, because I burned myself out multiple times. So I used mm-hmm. to be the CEO of a company. I didn't own the company. I was running on someone else's behalf. Mm-hmm. And it was essentially my dream job. I was treated super fair, great team of people around me. And I remember coming home one day to my wife, uh, uh, Laura, and just saying, I think I'm ready to not be the CEO. And she immediately, without hesitation, just says, please quit. Wow. And that was... Uh, eye-opening moment that things were not how I thought they were. Mm-hmm. And I think my body and mind were subconscious, at least were telling me that. And so that led to a series of really critical conversations about what do we actually want out of life? I'm in my dream job and I'm not happy and I don't know where mm-hmm. I'm going and I'm burned out. And so I eventually did quit. I, I you know, I helped the incoming CEO take over and then I went, uh, I took, I did it essentially again because I w- ended up working for my one of my competitors on their leadership team. Burned out again, but that time it only took me four and a half years to burn out instead of eleven. <laughs> uh, and on that one, I was working for. I, I guess it's, it's not a secret. I was working for Craft CMS, and Brandon Kelly's the owner and a really good friend mm-hmm. of mine, and he fired me. Mm-hmm. And that was like a oh. I'm not happy here, am I? It's like, nope. <laughs> so, so let me ask: Did he fire you because he saw, as a friend, you're not, like, you're you're just killing yourself, you're burning out, your family suffering, yes. etc. Or, yeah. okay. yes, and and because of that, I was no longer fitting with the team. It was yeah. four really good years and half and and six months where he could just tell. Yeah, uh, and I was 
I was doing my best to make it work and no, and he was too. And, uh, and it was not a good fit anymore. And that was an important lesson to me. And I'm really thankful he, he let me go. Cause I, I probably would have stayed on too long and gotten even to a worse spot. And he had the wisdom to push me out the door. And yeah, uh, we're friends right to this day because of that. Yeah. It, it was excellent leadership on his part. Yeah. And it's a story I tell now because like, we need that wisdom yeah. <laughs> very much so to be able to do that. So how um, did you stumble into like, were either the shops running on EOS? How did you stumble into EOS no, and fall in love with it? it? In my time at craft, I read traction and I started using different parts of it just for myself and my own work that I was doing. But we, uh, we didn't use it as a company Afterwards, uh, I think we're both part of a community of agencies called the Bureau of Digital. So I was at a Bureau of Digital event and another um, friend of mine, uh, Todd, who is one of the co-founders of Four Kitchens, a Drupal shop mm -hmm. out of Austin, though I think they do a lot more than that now. I was just like telling him, here's what I'm doing, consulting and the kind of roles I'm looking for. And Todd just said, hey, you know, you're an integrator, right? And no one had ever told me that. And I had read Traction and so it went on my mind. And so I really liked Traction and saw the value of it. And I wish I had used it when I was a CEO. Mm -hmm. But it was when I read Rocket Fuel that I cried. Okay. Uh, literally tears on the page, physical crying, not not a metaphor. Uh, and I remember specifically it was chapter five in Rocket Fuel mm -hmm. that describes the relationship you can have with the visionary or owner of your company and outlines like these five guidelines and how it works and uh, and how you make decisions together and how you build a team around me. And it was just like this light bulb my mind was blown moment that i was so overcomplicating it mm. i had read all these other books and it really described the kind of relationship i knew i wanted um and then the journey to becoming an implementer uh, i trained myself as an integrator first and so i did fractional coo work I, I trained at Rocket Fuel University, which is the official integrator stuff. Uh, and then afterward, another good friend of mine says, hey, our implementer is leaving. And if you actually become an implementer like you keep talking about, we'll hire you. Uh, so because an implementer you're a better is somebody that, consultant. An, so an implementer is somebody that a company hires to kind of install EOS, if you will, right? And, yes. And set a yes. company up with EOS as their operating system of – how we run meetings, how we choose the right people, how we align our visions, things like that, right? Yep. Yeah, we basically take the EOS model, everything in traction, and over the course of about a year and a half, we help you fully implement it. Our goal is to graduate you. Um, and it takes about a year and a half to get it throughout the entire organization, but you mm -hmm. see an immediately Im immediate impact in the first 30 days. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, an implementer is someone that's outside your organization that comes in and helps train your entire leadership team on how to do that. Uh, and that's the part where I absolutely love it. I'm a bad one-on-one yeah. -on -one coach. I love being a team coach. That's, that was my discovery with being an EOS implementer. That's interesting. So I was introduced to EOS at my last job, which also was a horribly toxic place that burned me out and killed my spirit in just, I don't know, eight short months. Um, but they, they <laughs> ran on there. EOS yeah. very poorly. You know, they kind of picked mm. and chose what portions they wanted. Um, the CEO, in his almighty knowledge of ego, uh, after it was implemented, decided what they want, what they were going to use and not use. And 
And, but he pushed traction on everybody. And I'm so grateful for that takeaway from that job because I love, to me, traction is a game changer personally and professionally. And the way that you can just kind of integrate so much of that into your life, whether you're running a business or not, is, is just super valuable. Um, I re-listen to it or, or reread it every year or, or two now. Um, and I'm always jumping into the what the heck is EOS also uh, on yep. Audible, just because it, it, to me, it's good refresher stuff. But from your standpoint, when you're working with businesses, um, do you find, so you see the difference 30 days in, what are some of those like quick hit differences that businesses, specifically agencies might start to see? So the biggest, um, usually I'm trying to think so far with my the clients I've personally worked with, there hasn't been any exceptions to this, though I've heard other stories from other implementers. Mm-hmm. What clients typically see in the first 30 days is better decision making mm. uh, just out of the gate. They are more focused, more on the same page. And one of the things uh, like like my number one tip to people that self-implement, because you don't have to hire someone like me. You can buy right. copies of Traction, do it yourself. There's literally thousands of teams that do it. Uh, that way. One of the things that we do as um, in professional implementation is we don't pick and choose tools. We do all of it. Mm-hmm. And so right. it's a full on commitment. And one, so the number one mistake do it yourself people make is they, uh, they will see the word tools and think that I can pick and choose what tools they are, but the key word is system. Mm-hmm. So the system is made up of tools. And so what happens when you're using all of it is that you begin to see how the tools interconnect and the in, and it's that uh, connecting pieces between the tools that really empower your decision making and your leadership and put in the safety nets and really force challenging conversations on a regular basis based on uh, observable data that gets put in front of uh, people. And that's what really kicks in is that, oh, we can solve things together effectively. We can prioritize, we can predict. Mm -hmm. And so in professional implementation, we focus on the ground tools first, like get traction first, do vision second. And typically, especially when it's the visionary or the CEO owner pushing uh, EOS internally they and they self-implement, what they want to do is do all the fun vision stuff first. They'll, they'll like, there's a tool called the Vision Traction Organizer that has eight key questions for the business that we answer. Mm-hmm. We do that last, N- not at the end of two years, but in kind of the initial, we tackle that like on day 30 and on day 60, not day one. On day one, it's 100% team health foundational tools. We get L10 in place. We set rocks and we have uh, like, I, I think what really shocks people, even though I tell them up front is when we're working with people is that the very first thing we do is we have the hardest conversation because we do a self-evaluation of the leadership team mm-hmm. in real time, no holds barred. I, as much as I can, I facilitate that compassionately. But if your team's never had an honest, open, vulnerable a healthy conflict conversation before I make sure that happens on day one, because it doesn't matter how good your vision is. You have to have the right people, right seats committed and prepared and have the tools to live out the values of the organization. Uh, and so I think that's the biggest difference between self-implementing and having someone like me come in. EOS as a tool set is really simple. That's its value. You can't hide 
but you can avoid. And so mm-hmm. if you focus on the vision, but you don't have the challenging conversations, uh, then then you really get stuck for quite a while and you have a bad U.S. experience. Or, or it's not yeah. always bad. I shouldn't say that. There's a lot of like partial implementations that are really effective for what they need. Mm. But usually those teams are healthy to begin with. So the less healthy your team is, the more professionals like myself can help. The, you know, healthy teams I love working with too, obviously, we can do big impact for them. But yeah. That's that's the big thing. Do the hard traction stuff first. Do the vision stuff second. That's where you see that lift in that 30 days. That's interesting. Like I was not involved in the implementation at, at my previous job. It was there when I got there and, and during our new employee orientation onboarding, there was a big push. Like they introduced us to the VTO, the vision traction, what's the organizers though. Um, they introduced us to... Um, traction. We were given a copy of traction and we were told, you got to read this in the first 30 days. And like, so it was very much ingrained in, in the DNA of the business. And I was excited about it. And, but then when I saw like how they really did pick and choose, like I said, the tools of the system and not the entire system, there was some, in hindsight, now, you know, hearing you explain it after having read it a few times, there was definitely some, some missing links. You mentioned L10, you mentioned rocks. Can you translate those? What is like to people that don't understand? Oh yes, it? so yeah, yes. Uh, so L ten stands for, and uh, thanks for calling it out because I'm far enough in this mm-hmm. that it's common language to me, and it's a good reminder to back out and translate into plain speak. Mm-hmm. So a level ten is the weekly meeting we want leadership and department level people to have, and it just stands for level ten meeting. There's a specific format and agenda that we teach and we want teams to use as often as possible. Uh, and then rocks are uh, based on Stephen Covey's, uh, like, do the most important things first. So rocks is just EOS's way of saying, what are your priorities for the next 90 days? Mm-hmm. Are they clear? Are they smart? And you're going to commit to doing those priorities before before anything else, because we've determined these are the things that are actually going to move the needle for the organization. And you're going to be accountable for making sure that uh, those things get done. And then the L, the level 10 meeting, the weekly meeting is you set your priorities. So Steve, here's the two things I'm committing to finishing in the next 90 days. We're on the same leadership team. Every single week, I'm telling you, Steve, this rock is uh, this priority, this thing I committed to, it's either on track or it's off track. And if it's off track, it goes on an issues list that the team then discusses in that meeting mm-hmm. uh, if, if, it's a, if it's a priority. And so what happens then in those level 10 meetings is that you have the most important information about your company summarized in the top 15 minutes of a meeting. You know, you you review your key metrics, all your priorities, any headlines your employees and customers have, what's good, bad, needs to be celebrated or dealt with. You make an, a list and then you spend at least an hour of that meeting solving those issues together using a very specific decision-making methodology that's easy to teach, that surfaces the priorities. And once teams really get used to that, what used to be super challenging conversations that you put off. One of my clients said, now it's just Tuesday. <laughs> like it's just, you can solve hard things together. Yeah. And so putting those things, the, the EOS foundational tools that give you that traction together, that give you that your team, the opportunity to actually contribute and make a difference and solve problems together. That gives you that uh, early lift 
um, in the EOS journey. One of the, I guess, key tenants within traction is kind of visibility and transparency and dashboarding, I think is a big part of it. I mean, is is that something that you teach? Is that a tool that you're like, download this spreadsheet template and this is how you can get full visibility into all the L10s and into people's progress on rocks and things like that? Or is that, like, how does that kind of click with agencies? So we teach the very basics. Uh, and, uh, coming from a software background, what I'm very careful of is I want to teach methodology first mm -hmm. and then whatever software or some, some of my clients actually just do it on good old pen and paper, even though they're digital agencies, Interesting. uh, I want to teach methodology first so that you understand the methodology before you choose the tool to implement it in a more effective format. Because if you choose tool before you understand the methodology, mm -hmm. each tool comes with its own methodology that can bias it. Yeah. So, so for scorecard, what we want at the leadership team level, what we teach is what are the five to 15 numbers that you need to watch on a weekly basis, not monthly, not quarterly, not annually, that are predictors of your company's health. Sometimes they're tied to annual goals or quarterly priorities, but most often they're just like the very basic fundamentals of your business. Uh, are you doing sales? What's happening with marketing? What's happening with operations? Are there HR? And when you are challenged to, to turn agency metrics into weekly numbers that you watch, it is like a real deep dive into what, yeah, what are we doing on a weekly basis that actually matters? Yeah. And to summarize that into five to 15 things. And then in EOS, another key thing that we do that's different from metrics or that people don't go all the way through that, like you can take this, like, please steal this from EOS, even if you're not using it, is that every number that is considered a critical metric has an owner. Mm. So if I'm in charge of operations and I'm in charge of project <clears throat> quality and success, any metrics on there as the person in the operation seat, my name is on the scorecard that monitors that metric and I'm in charge of driving that metric. The sales, whoever's ahead of sales and marketing, they have their name right next to the metric. They're driving it. They're responsible for innovating, pushing it, keeping it on track. Uh, but the spirit of the thing is not to micromanage, but to say like, hey, here's the things that predict our company health. And if something's going wrong, I have the support of my entire leadership team to help figure this out. So if something's on track, I'm not going, oh man, Steve's going to fire me because I missed this metric. It's it's Tuesday. I get to have Steve's help figuring this out. Yeah. I don't have to disrupt you during your week. I know the L10, I know our level 10 meetings coming up and I know it's going to be an issue. And I know you and the rest of our team is going to help me get to the root of it, figure out a solve, figure how we can contribute. And so the mindset changes significantly to I'm alone in driving sales to I am accountable for driving sales. I have the backing of my team, the organization, there's transparency into it. And so people that value that real team spirit with individual accountability, it, it's, uh, it thrives. I want, but it takes a while to get like, to really figure out what those activities are. Usually probably at least two quarters using that type of scorecard system to really see if the scorecard is meaningful. And then we have ways of evaluating and testing if the numbers are real. So on the metric side, that's what we do 
uh, just go with high level numbers activities on a weekly basis that predicts health. And then we track other things, measurables on a quarterly and hmm. annual basis, but that's a little bit different. Yeah. I, to me, and you said a word earlier that I think just kind of resonates in what, what you just kind of brought forward again. You mentioned how you try and have these, these vulnerable conversations compassionately. And I think that also yes. kind of puts a nice bow on what you just mentioned about. So I own sales and marketing. Shoot, I'm not hitting my numbers. Should I start looking for a new job? No. Like my team is going to support me. And if I didn't have the number of touch points I'm supposed to have, like, what do we do to, you know, what can I clear out of your way to help you have success in what your rocks are, what your, you know, what your metrics are. And that visibility in a scorecard just brings it to the forefront. So people know, all right, we're on target, you know, red, yellow, green, like we're, we're crushing it this week. Uh, we, I don't know if it's a standard thing, but when I was doing it, we had um, extra green or whatever the heck they called it. And so it was like, if you were, far exceeding your numbers, you could say, yeah, we're extra green or whatever the heck it was. I don't remember, but there's a lot of value in, like you said, just building the culture, um, nailing down the core values and understanding that we're all one phrase I loved and I still use a lot. We're all, you know, rowing in the same direction and, and like, you know, the, yep. the music is just all flowing beautifully. And so, um, I've had nothing but, but great experience with it. And, and like I said, I, I use some of the, principles and tools from, uh, you know, I'm, I'm constantly using the Stephen Covey model of rocks, pebbles mm -hmm. and sand in, in my groups and in my coaching as well. And, um, I think there's nothing but value in, in integrating something like EOS or EOS specifically. So yeah, big fan of it. Um, I appreciate you kind of breaking that down for how an agency can benefit from it in all ways. So, um, just want to jump real quick to a couple of non-EOS related rapid fire questions for you um, just to keep you, yeah, go throw you on your toes. So what's, what's a new hobby that you, you, maybe you yourself, you and your family have, have been into recently? Uh, it's, it's a, what's old is new again. And that's getting back into Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop role playing. Oh, cool. I played it in junior high, high school, and college, and we've done it a couple times as a family, and my kids really love it, and I am making a effort to make that a consistent family activity, uh, bringing that kind of back into the forefront uh, again, um, because it's it's real time with each other, and we uh, we love the experience together. And the best, most well-received business talk I ever gave was everything I needed to learn about leadership. I learned from Dungeons and Dragons. That's amazing. Uh, to this day, I've never done anything more popular. <laughs> I should probably do a new version of that. Yeah. You got to blow the dust off of that. that we have a blast sense. with it. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> what about what's, what's something in, in, uh, again, business or personal, what's something that you're binging the heck out of and can't get enough of, whether it's a show or a podcast or an audio book or something like that? Uh, right now, my wife and I, uh, are really loving Diablo four. Uh, we play together, uh, couch co-op on the PS five. Okay. Um, we, uh, I grew up as a video gamer. I, I'm not a gamer capital G, but it's something that we've always enjoyed throughout our relationship. Mm -hmm. And we had to take a huge break when we had kids. And now all our kids are old enough to enjoy those things with us or alongside with us. Mm -hmm. uh, so currently, I think it's only been out uh, like a couple months, but we enjoy sitting down in the evenings. And we'll, we do that right now instead. Like we also watch shows and stuff, but 
all that's taking a backseat to um, kicking butt and taking names in Diablo 4 together. We're having a blast with that as a couple. That's so cool. As long as you have an activity that kind of gives you competitive edge on each other and just something fun to do, I think yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny. Um, I have friends who are going to, you know, their kids are going to college for gaming and they're on, on the intercollegiate gaming teams and they get scholarships. Yep. And like when we were growing up, it was like, turn off the screens and go outside and you know, now the value of that is I'm sure there's still got to be a balance. And I love that you're bringing in the non-digital games to the kids. Um, but yeah, yep. it, it's amazing. That's an actual thing. Um, what, what about a tool or something that you've recently integrated to your life again, business or, or professional physical or digital that you're like, how did I operate as a human being without this tool previously? Um, you know, it's going to sound maybe too simple, but it's just writing, mm. writing for my own sake. Nice. Uh, I think I think coming from er, like early blogging land, like early, like I remember a, a time before WordPress. Mm -hmm. uh, so being involved in the software and culture of early blogging and then being in content management for 25 years writing used to be something that was really therapeutic for me. And then it became a job. And then it became an integral part. Like I was never a paid writer, but the idea of generating content and being strategic about it was, uh, so tied to professional success. Mm -hmm. And now as a coach, what I'm having to learn is that being a coach, the business of coaching is really different from the business of consulting mm -hmm. or being a full-time employee where, you like I need a coach, so I I hire my own coach, and I have to take my own introspection seriously, and it's what my family needs, and it's what I need. Just the time to set aside and figure out, like, why is my brain this way, or what am I noodling on, or why did I enjoy this, or why did I hate this, and and just taking the burden of having it have something I have to do versus something I get to do mm -hmm. has been amazing. Love that. Uh, so just the, just I'm writing for the sake of writing. Yeah. 99% of it is never going to see the light of day. I'm not writing with the intent to publish or to have a newsletter or have a following. And like all those things are important professional things I'll need for the business. But this type of writing is I have a journal, I have a pen and it's for me. Love it. And that's been like, uh, <laughs> Simple and amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a big fan of it. Fully support that. Well, Leslie, I'm super grateful for your time. Thank you very much for joining me today and kind of sharing a 30,000 foot level introduction to EOS. Uh, if people want to learn more about EOS, we'll drop your website into uh, the webpage below and um, you can also pick up a copy of Traction and, and start learning about it. It's a, it's a really great tool. So thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. And just want to say I'm a huge fan of the work I run across your clients in the Bureau. Everyone says such amazing things about you. And I'm so thankful for anyone else that has dedicated a professional life to just making professional lives better because mm -hmm. it makes such a difference. Like the impact that we can have uh, is is just so fulfilling. And so I, I'm thankful to be a part of this with you. Yeah, man, that means the world to me. Thanks again for tuning in to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs. As always, if you found value in this episode, chances are someone else will too. So please share it with your network. 
Also, if you know someone with expert knowledge on a topic that agency owners would love, drop me a note. Let's get them on. Finally, find someone to hug today.